0: Hi and welcome, I'm Les Bobka, and you're listening to Accidental Podcast or something like that. <laughs> Today's guest, Ian Abernafi, a uh, great uh, propagator of practical karate. Um, how are you, Ian?
1: I'm good. The, you, the, the signal doesn't seem great, actually, though. You've just gone a bit pixelated.
0: I, I, I see you great.
1: No, no, you're back again now. You're back again now. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, as everybody, I just mentioned before, everybody asks you about the practical side of karate and stuff like that. I'm going to try to bring the more human face of Ian instead of uh, karate, Ian. If that's okay with you. Um, yeah, it's so, fine with
1: me. Yeah.
0: If you could tell us something about you, I'm, not, I'm sure that everybody knows everything about you, but in your own words, what do you do and who you are?
1: Yeah, so, well, um, Ian Abunethi, 48 years old, Living live in northern England, the real north, not Liverpool or Manchester. Um, true north, right on the edge of the Scottish border. I always say if it was Game of Thrones, I'd be on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the night's watch. Um, so I, I've been doing karate since I was a little kid. It's been my profession for the last uh, best part of 20 years. Um, travel extensively you know, to teach and stuff. So, And if people want to know more about that side of things, it's pretty easy to find. I'm fairly active online yeah yeah
0: um so going to my first question because i went through that process and for me it was a very very challenging process of switching from uh, a regular job to uh being a martial artist or personal trainer or whatever you want to call it so my first question is how long did it take you make that decision to leave your work i think you've been electrician didn't you? Mm, yeah yeah uh, and going to karate how long was that process boiling in you or it was just instant.
1: A long time. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a long time. Um, I said, I works electrician. I quite liked the job. The, the job was the, the people I worked with. Work with interesting work, but I wasn't happy doing it. It was monotonous. You know, it mm. was. It was. It, at a certain point, it became monotonous. Every day was the same, and um, um, didn't feel I was making any progress with it you know so um, and obviously the martial arts is something that super enthused me that I just find really interesting and, and really enjoyable so what happened was there was this slow process where I got more and more miserable working when I felt I could have been training or, or, or teaching so and then my my instructor um, had mentioned to me you know he was a full-time instructor and he said you know that um, you know this is something that you could do and because then that seed is planted, you see, you realise there's an alternative to it. So what, I was getting drawn in two directions. So there was the fact that the, the work, all the people were nice there, and you know it was, it was a job. It was a good job, but it wasn't, it wasn't my passion. So there was that mm-hmm. kind of uh, push away, if you like, the stick beating me away from it. And then there was a character, of you know the, the joy of, of, of being able to make my passion my profession. But then I finally snapped. I can remember the exact moment when it went. I was complaining that, uh, to Jeff Thompson that I'd, um, I didn't have enough time. You know, I'd been and I'd written a book by then as well and all this kind of stuff. I said, I just don't have enough time. And he just nonchalantly went, quit your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and I was like, well, I can't possibly do that. You know, how can I possibly quit my job, you know? And then um, that seed was in there. So that Jeff told me to quit my job on the Sunday and I drove home from training with him in, in, in Coventry. By time I got home, I thought, "Yeah, that's what I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do." I, I rang my dad, talked to my dad. My dad was, "Yeah, you, know, you, you, sh- you should do." You know what I mean? He's, you'll always regret it if you don't. So I went in the next day to work, said to my boss, and said, "Okay, I'm here for the next three months, so I've got time to handle all my duties." You know, I don't want to leave anyone in the lurch, and then I'm, I'm gone.
0: So, so you didn't. You didn't leave- a long
1: time coming, but quickly.
0: <laughs> so you didn't leave yourself the time for a doubt. Because i done the mistake I gave my um, employer, who's a great great guy, uh, a year notice. And it was just the wrong, it was a mistake. He was just uh, overthinking for a year, especially towards the end. He was just uh, terrible.
1: Yeah, I, I did that. I mean, the, 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 the guy I worked for, my direct boss, I, he was a good guy. I liked him. And I realized me leaving would cause problems for him, you know, because of certain specialities that I had and certain knowledges yeah. that I had. So, I mean, I was required to give a month's notice. And I could have probably handed over my duties effectively in six weeks to two months, mm. get other people trained up. But I think that three months was, like I say, it's long enough that I'm committed. But it's, it's not so long that um, it, it wasn't a sudden wrench from one side to the other. see. But, um, yeah, it was... Uh, I was a nervous three months because you say the self doubt tends to creep in that little bit there. Have I done the right thing? Is this going to work mm. out? But um, you know, touch wood. So far, a bit difficult along the way at various points. But however it's sixteen, seventeen years later, I'm still here. No, <laughs>
0: oh, excellent. Um, so the next question is: uh, What did what impact did this transfer have on your mental health? And what do you think martial martial arts have done for your well being?
1: Yeah. So uh, the, um, the the quitting of the job, that transfer. Do you mean what that did for my mental health? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, that, that, that was a good thing. It was it was a very positive thing for me because I uh, I suddenly felt I. It's scary, but I, I have full control over my own existence now. I set my working hours. I work. I don't have to take. I'm bad at taking orders from people. It's a major character defect. Hmm. <laughs> that um, so I I I I when I'm in charge of my own um ship it, it helps me a lot. So that, that was good for me. but it, it did, you know, there's this there's, there's nervousness and anxiety with it. But the the, the that that wasn't the pr- problem for me. It definitely helped. The, in terms of mental health generally, I, I I I've had anxiety triggered by other things and I get bouts of depression every now and again. Um but the training helps immeasurably because it, it's uh, it, it's something I can control. It's something that always makes me feel good, and I know that about myself. If I'm feeling a bit, you can feel you know the depression and the lethargy that comes with it starting to sneak in. And uh, I like, if you think of the depression as its own personality, its own entity. It wants to have full control of you, and so it discourages you from training because it knows that if I train, I'll feel better. And I found that if I just, you know, when it hits, if I can physically do something, if I can work and I can sweat, I I always feel better as a a result. You know, it's a martial arts have been unbelievably good for me mentally because they're they're always there. There's a consistency with it. I've learned a lot about myself through doing them. Um, For me, you know, I mean, they've been a really useful thing.
0: Mm. Uh, I find the same as you know from my book Uh, yeah we've been covered yesterday I was talking with Matt Jardine yesterday and we covered that um, because everybody says that martial arts are good for mental health but Matt said that um, actually it's not martial arts itself it's the teachers using that tool do you agree Mm. with that? Um,
1: I I would agree it's not uh, the martial arts necessarily themselves I think it's the fact that it gives you a network of people you know, I mean, like-minded people. So some of my friends I've met through martial arts, are people who've helped me more than, than anything. I, I think the fact that I've learned a bit about myself because it, it puts you under pressure and there's certain elements of your character you can't escape from, reveals them. And, and, and I think the fact that just physically doing stuff helps. I'll be, yeah. I, I, I get where Matt's coming from, but i will be a little bit hesitant with that about saying it's the teacher because I think, like, mental health is something I feel always left best to the professionals. Yeah. I'm a martial arts instructor, so if people want to come and train in martial arts, I can help them with that. And if that makes them feel better, that's great. Uh, but, 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 you know, if someone's got mental health issues, I'm not the guy, I've got my own. Yeah, I it depends what he meant by the, uh, the, the question. That, that's all I'm saying. But yeah, yeah, I,
0: know I, I, that's a good guy. I, I think I misrepresented that question big time uh, because I don't think that is a the therapy itself as well. But I think the positive aspects which can help with your well-being in that yeah. way. Not
1: yeah, well. and the one thing that I will just bounce off Matt's point is, in terms of how the instructor does have an influence, if you've got the an instructor who creates an environment where the classes are fun, high-energy, people enjoy the time there, that will be good for your mental health. If you get an instructor who creates an environment that's hypercritical, stressful, sometimes even demeaning, you know, bullying, if not verging on bullying, that will be bad for people's health. You know, yeah. So in, in terms of what your martial arts experience is, that is obviously going to be determined massively by the instructor and their, their outlook. So I wouldn't say martial arts generically could be good for it, because they could be bad for it, they could foster, make things a thousand times worse, if you end yeah. up training with the wrong person.
0: Yeah, Which brings me to another question. Ego versus confidence, and when the overconfidence is turning into the too big ego.
1: Uh, um, so you wish me to discuss the the, the, the line between ego yeah. and confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there is a fine line there because I think you, you need a, a degree of self belief to achieve a lot of things. You know, mm. um, you, you need to be able to battle through those questions. I guess it would become is if those internal questions were never present and there was a denial of reality. I think that's when you've crossed the line, the ego. So if I'm going to try something, there should be part of me that goes, these are the risks here. Ian. You, know, you, you know, it's not just a case of do it and it will go flawlessly. I think it's good. A little bit of self-doubt that gets you to question the, the journey you're embarking on in order to plan it effectively. I think that can be really useful. So if I just believe this will work brilliantly and there's no way I can be stopped, mm-hmm. I think that would be a sign that my ego is running rampant. And also, you know, the fact is, like whether we like it or not, like at certain points, reality just slaps all of us across the face and reminds us of how, <laughs> how, yeah. how powerless we can be and insignificant we can be in certain things. So, if I didn't, if I was to deny those reality checks, I think that would be a sign where your ego's kind of run rampant, you know. Mm. But needs- I, I, the need, the, there the, 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 the needs to be that self belief though. There, I think, you know that. Um, I, I know that sometimes for me, one of the things like through my darker times that can really help is sometimes it's, it's a sense of defiance that just sparks in my belly, you know, a complete defiance of circumstance. This is a bad situation, it's going to be really difficult, and, but there's that belief that there's no way I can be stopped. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. in degree, that, that can be, sound slightly arrogant, but I, I know that will drive me forward as well so it's a fine line i guess there needs to be that element of self checking i think yeah
0: speaking of that do you have got any um, system or a protocol that you're checking yourself that you're not getting
1: overconfident uh, um uh, yeah uh, in, in terms of reminding myself of the um, to be results driven mm-hmm. you know I mean? that's the, if i'm looking at what is happening around me, or what I'm achieving or not achieving, that's ultimately the, the 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 measure. I think. I think there are some people who don't really achieve. Like martial arts, are a classic example of this. You get some people who believe they're invincible, legitimately believe that no one can defeat them mm. with, with no evidence to the contrary. You know, um, uh, with no evidence to support that idea. But I, I think, it's, for example, if I go spa and spar and I get shots landed on me, it's a reminder that yes, you're not infallible, you're not invincible. Isn't. Mm-hmm. So I think if I approach life in the same way, it's every time there's that little, okay, what's the problem? But again, the mindset there, I always think is, I, I think is the thing is what I call pessimism, true optimism and false optimism. You know, so pessimism is you know, everything's awful, I'll never succeed, and yeah, yeah. that mindset is destructive. And then there's the false optimism, which I think would be the ring that somebody who's ego-driven or narcissistic would fall mm-hmm. into, that everything will work out perfectly, nothing can go wrong well they're just in denial of reality because that's not the way life works so to me that i wanted to be a true optimist that that i will do my best to achieve my objectives and to get to where i want to get to but i acknowledge that along the way i'll get knocked down flat and things will go wrong and you know so i'm wedded to the goal i'm fully committed to achieving the outcome i want but i'm not wedded to the method of achieving it and i know that things will go wrong and know that i'll fail and again, I think that's martial arts when it's done right can teach you that. There's nothing like it for teaching you humility if it's done right. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you just realize there's always somebody better than you. You know what I mean? I've had days where you know, I feel like I'm Bruce Lee. The next day I've been tapped out, or thrown, or punched by a person who on any other day I would have no issue with. So it's just a reminder that all of us, are, you know, we all have our limits and our ups and downs.
0: Mm. yeah so it is a great great system if you've got that uh, if you are um cross training and you're going out of your bubble to get that reminder that there are people much better than
1: you outside
0: um, yeah I'm looking because I'm surrounded by them as well i always think that,
1: that that's a um uh, a healthy thing you know you, mm. you, we, we can one thing we can control in life is we can choose the people we have around us you know um to a very large degree so I, I like to surround myself by people who do challenge me and do push me. You know sure. what I mean? So, like, you know, I'll point to Peter Constein, of this. He's, he's a fantastic in, in, instructor to work with because he, does, he doesn't He does ask you to do anything he's not doing alongside you. Mm. You know what I mean? And that kind of training is a constant reminder that I could be fitter, I could be faster, I could be stronger. You know, so again, it keeps your reality, um, your, your realistic expectation of yourself in, in check, I think. While still giving you some positive boost, because occasionally it's like, oh, wow, look what I've just done. You know what I mean? So, yeah. there's a balance to it as well. You know?
0: Yeah sure, um, I kind of always uh am a bit and en- um uh, envious of you, because of your skill of uh, using scientific measures to do everything. I think <laughs> everything in your life is that true? I'm rubbish with science. So I go <laughs> more with the heart, and yeah. then worry about it later. You, with yeah. every conversation, you are very systematic and very um, science driven.
1: I, I I I try to be. um because you've got your internal world and the external world, right? My internal world can change in a heartbeat. It can change in a thought. So, so it's not necessarily the the, the best uh, measure of how things are really going. So, I think if you've got the external check, that that can help. But I'm I'm as vulnerable as this as, as as the next person is. Sometimes that that emotion just suddenly, okay, I'm in control now, you know, and that's when when I lose it. So whether that's you know. Anger, frustration, depression, happiness, joy, all of them can be problematic in the wrong way. But but, but, um, if I can keep myself level and just kind of observe all the emotions and then try and make a, a better decision, I tend to get better results from it but I would hate to give the impression that, I, that I'm, I'm good at doing that because I fail as often as I succeed, you know. <laughs> I think it's indeed as though it's martial arts. So, so you know, I, I understand the process, but I'm still the same guy who will start screaming at the world because I can't find my car keys. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, like, you know, so I, 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 on the one hand, I understand how the process is supposed to work, but um, I, like all of us, I'm a work in progress, right?
0: Mm. Cool. I, I like to uh, quote you because uh, I'm rubbish with the, the uh, kind of eloquent and uh, scientific descriptions. So I've got a problem. I just got look on Ian's website. He's <laughs> <laughs> got it covered. <laughs> there is some formula somewhere. Like you it so good, but, uh, he's got to have a check. Check that. Well, but, and that's, well I do. You know, I think that that's because um, scientific. The nice
1: thing about it is he doesn't care what you feel about it. You know, it's yeah. an objective. So I, I think, you know, there's, there's lots of things that science is no good for, but a general idea uh, of not letting how you feel about something to be the overriding, determining factor, because our feelings can be, I, I mean, I did a video on this recently, I think our feelings are very important, and they're, they're, mm-hmm. it's good that we listen to them, and that they're, they're very strong advisors, but I think they make poor rulers, and, and that's the kind of distinction I try and make for myself, you know, if, if mm-hmm. I have a feeling about something, then I should always check that feeling and listen to it, and... It's important that it's there and I need to work on why it's there and what it's trying to tell me. But if mm-hmm. I just go, oh, I felt this, therefore I must act on it. it, it generally, that doesn't lead to good results in my case. It may for others.
0: Sure. For, me, for me,
1: I'm aware that my emotions are not the best judge. So, it's not really scientific, but that same idea of trying to be dispassionate and say, OK, let's just observe everything and how am I going to address this? That tends to get better results for me.
0: All right. I change of a set of questions. Um, you travel a lot for your work. Uh, not at the moment, but been. <laughs> uh, so the question is, how did you deal with having traveled constantly? I remember we've been talking when we met mm. about um, you being really tired about traveling and, and you've been happy that I said it must be tiring because everybody yeah. thinks that it's so wonderful you're traveling all over the world. It, yeah, there's two elements to
1: that as well, isn't there? There's, well, a few actually, but um, what people see you know, if they look at um, Instagram and all that kind of stuff, well, the, 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 I don't take pictures of myself sitting bored in an airport. <laughs> I, I don't take pictures of myself being like, you know, exhausted and, you know, s- asleep on the plane and stuff, you see. So what people see is the good stuff. So I think sometimes there's an, an expectation that um, it's all good. I remember one of the ones I did, it was when I went, to, this was the second time I went to Las Vegas to teach for Chuck Norris's event. So this is a really big deal, you know, I mean? I'm going to Las Vegas to teach at an event where a legendary martial arts is present, and a, a student of a friend of mine, is in his 20s, big Chuck Norris fan, wanted to come with me, no problem, you know what I mean, they give me this big room with a couple of beds in it, and, you know, you, you come with me, you know, so we went, and at the end of it, he said, you know, I just can't believe how tired I am, I can't believe how exhausted We We the latter side of it that nobody sees But I've got good at it. I'm good at travelling. I'm really good at making use of that time. You know, I'm really efficient with it. I can tell you what, right down to, I know exactly where I'm going to park in every single airport. I can get in and out of it as quick as I can. I always have all my electronics with me. I I know where I'm going to sit, where I can see the the screens. I've got work that I can do while I'm sitting there. So I've got really, really good at it. And the three things, there are elements to it that I complain about but now that I can't do it, I miss them immeasurably. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I suppose like everything, uh, practice makes perfect, isn't it? So yeah,
1: yeah. And I, I, I um, you know, as someone who's got a fairly hectic lifestyle, I can use that time to relax too. So I often, you know, I'll do some work, but sometimes I'll just listen to a podcast or listen to some music or, you know, think a few thoughts So it's just, yeah, making use of the time. But it, it you know, it's like anything, it can be hard work, you
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. So another one about hard work, uh, you've got two little ones, mine just woke up and <laughs> class, so Anna is taking care of her. Um, what impact, if any, has uh, having children on your martial arts? Um, yeah, well, the first thing is I don't train as as often
1: as I used to. <laughs> you know, so when, when I in my you know, 20s with no kids, you can just, you know, train whenever, because no, you, you, you're the only one who matters to you, you know. Um, so so on, on that side, um, it's taken away from that. But the good thing, of course, it's a way I provide for the family too, mm-hmm. you know what So, so th- that's an extra motivator, you know, to make sure that I'm really on the ball with it, because that's what my family need me to, to be, you see, so in order to um, provide the best possible life I can for them, you know? Yeah, it very easy, mean, you know, as soon as you have kids, everything changes. You, you just hold perspective of them. the entire world is now open. Because up to that point, you're really the only thing that matters to you, you know what I mean? And then you realize, okay, not only have I got to take care of them now, but you know, I, for my kids, I think I want them to know they're okay when I'm dead and gone, you know? Yeah. So I need to make sure that I, I set them up emotionally and financially and everything else to make sure they have the best possible start, you know? Just as my, you know, parents did for me, you know, I, I, I want to you do know, the best possible thing I can do for, for mine as well. So that obviously changes your outlook on everything.
0: Why do you write? Because you said you, you li- love to write and you want to be a writer. What's the drive? Yeah,
1: I, I do you know what? on that one, there was—I uh, once heard—I uh, forget the name of the author, but it was a radio interview with a famous author who said. Uh, I, 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 he said. I hate writing, but I love having written. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and there's an element of that for me. There's something quite satisfying when the, the book is complete. You know, but those early days, the writing, I find that really hard work. But what I do enjoy is when I far more stride with it. And the reason I think I like it is because it forces you to structure your thoughts in a very clear way. You know, so it, it's a, a chance to really dissect what I think about any given issue. And I make sure that I'm doing so in a, in a coherent and logical uh, logical way. So I find the process quite meditative almost. It, it, it's a chance to really dive deep on some of my own thoughts. And the satisfaction of having completed uh, is extremely satisfying. The bit I don't like is in the early starts when I haven't quite got my stride with it. That can be hard work. But again, I remember another author, and I should remember the names of these quotes. It's you know, writing's easy. You just stare at the paper until your eyes bleed. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that feeling as well. You know what I mean? Please. The one thing I found useful is I'll just start writing gibberish now, and I found that tends to work, you know. So mm-hmm. if I'm sitting there and I'm thinking I'm not quite sure, I'll just start writing. And 99 times out of 100, that first part of writing ends up getting redone. Yeah, but it yeah. gets me going. It helps me get my stride. And then from there, it kind of, you know, it flows. In. So it's, yeah. So All just, right. Enjoying
0: Cool. Last question: If you had to choose between writing and karate, which one would you choose?
1: Ah oh, karate! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, No, I enjoy enjoy writing, and, and someday I want to write about. I've got some ideas of things I want to write about that are non martial mm-hmm. but um, the, the karate is just such an inherent part of who I am. I think if it was taken away, I wouldn't be me. You know, I've grown up with it. It's Ninety percent of my relationships to people have been introduced to me through karate, you know, friends, <coughs> you know, family as well, are trained too. So um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do without the karate. I don't
0: think. Cool. That's uh, all the questions I've got for you. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it uh, very much. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And yeah, late. Late. sports social podcast network.